Okay, today I'm very excited to bring on a very, very fascinating guest. Uh, this is someone I met recently in Bremen. Uh, we were doing a panel about the music industry, how AI is shaping things. We ended up having a conversation that really stuck with me. It was going around the back of my mind, and I knew that I had to find some time to sit down with Jay Ahern. I'm very glad you're here. How are you enjoying London? I love it. Um, so I studied in London. I always had a, to me, it's the sort of center of the universe in terms of music industry relationships. Of course, of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. Is it good to be back? Yeah, always. Good. It's not great for my um, cholesterol count though. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah, we get that a lot. Well, look, I, when, whenever I do these things, what I like to do is I like to start by kind of building a foundation and, and then going somewhere. And I'll give you some insight of what, what I want to do today because you, I would consider you a, a, quite a great mind in the field of understanding AI. I think there's a lot of us out in the world that don't, re, don't really get it, um, especially when it comes to music. There's going to be artists listening. We're going to talk about things like songwriting royalties, yeah. kind of where this stuff's going. Yeah. And I, But before we dive into all of that, would you mind just giving just a little bit of your history and your background? What what on earth brought you into this field? Have at it. Okay, cool. So um studied in London um, and then went back to Ireland, got involved in pirate radio, got an uh, invitation to start working for the National Radio Station, and then um, PS, uh, which was then called Vital, wanted mm -hmm. to set up a distribution uh, sort of arm in Ireland, uh, and so I was general manager of that for years. Uh, but it was a unique thing because I because of the festival scene in Ireland, which is incredibly lucrative, I was also negotiating with managers, festivals, et cetera. And then Domino Records came along and said, would you like to set up our office in Germany? Awesome. So that began, so I've always been an electronic music artist, techno in particular. I like very niche -y stuff. So I always knew I'd have to have what the Germans call like a broad job, a sort of day gig in parallel and also sort of I'm kind of a bit of a punk at heart so I didn't want to compromise my music man mm -hmm. but oh, yeah. yeah exactly but um when I was in Germany I started that's when the music tech thing started happening and you know my best relationships have always been through music it's very much my community and I started meeting people who were key to setting up companies like Ableton um, Gerhard Bellis, Robert Henke, I also, um, Native Instruments, uh, Matagalic, who was there for years. All these people came from the music scene. Mm. And the platform uh, called Beatport, which is pretty big in the electronic music world, to the original founders, uh, and one gentleman who I love dearly, Eloy Lopez um, in particular, who's one of their original founders, we started a company and said, look, how can we get electronic music artists more money? and maybe they can create sound content. Uh, and so that sound content eventually ended up populating native instruments. So for people listening who might not know what Samples. you mean by sound content, that is the idea of creating a particular sound and then giving it to a platform to use. Exactly, but specifically in the case of um, native instruments, it was content for, uh, in Germany we say machina, but machine, which is like mm -hmm. their MPC so when we're producing and we're loading up a sample of some strings or we're loading up drums it's that it's, it's creating the sounds and then it's being used in all of this software that the music that we love and listen to every day is being made through exactly so what happens it's a 
you know, so that that piece, and we can circle back to that in mm. a second because electronic music musicians do a lot of royalty free content. I mean, actually, some of the most um, like a lot of what I would call sounds that are part of the tapestry of hip hop were actually created by electronic music sound designers. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of an interesting crossover. And when, and I know that we're going to loop back to this, but when someone creates a sound that is then used in software, is that is that something that you sort of pay someone to do and they do it? Because Yo, I was interested. I was interested because you said, "Well, we need to get them more money." So there's rights associated with that, uh, where they get paid long term. Exactly. So back then, and, and we're going right into it now. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to like go no, straight that's into good. it because I know we're going through a history. I'm actually interested to start off with where how you ended up into this. But that's but, yeah. the juicy bit right, right there. Yeah. So at the time, because like we all know, like when you upload your music to a distributor, you have to create your metadata. Mm -hmm. But when you're dealing with samples, you're dealing with a lot of sounds. And, you know, back then I'd also done consultancy for companies, for distribution companies, one called Fine Tunes in Germany, which is part of the orchard. And they right. wanted to get into samples. And they're like, oh, my God, how many sounds are in a release? And it's like at least 500 to 1,000. They're like, wow. Um, but, you know, obviously the most easy structure for that kind of thing is what's called royalty-free structure or a a worldwide buyout. Mm -hmm. So what we were doing is we were saying to the musicians, like, hey, we want to buy out. And then it's up to the musicians at that point to sort of kick it off and figure out how much they want to get paid and we want to do that fairly. And, mm -hmm. and also we want the rights to be tidy because, you know, these are going to be used for further compositions. And there's a lot of murky stuff that goes on in the sample world, but because I'd come from this sort of rights management background with mm -hmm. labels, I understood contracts and I understood how it had to be. Mm -hmm. um, so from that point on, um, there's a company called Lander, which is an AI mastering company. We finished up the bits for Native Instruments. So this is kind of where we're coming to the end point of why I'm here. And um, I've always been a production nerd, make music myself. I've got a new project coming out with Magda, who worked with Rich Houghton for years and things like that. So I still do it. Mm. So I kind of have this understanding of the industry from a lot of different points. And um, so Lander is the AI mastering company. I'm aware of Lander. I, I kind of know what you mean by that. So, and that's, that was the first time you started into integrating AI? With well, this AI was kind of always in our lives, particularly because, you know, also there are content creators who've leveraged AI systems. They're kind of hacky, self-built, maybe MIDI generation, like generative, you know, right, yep. MIDI thingies without getting to and you know sort of creating these workflows so they can do am i allowed to say buttloads on your con on you your can say whatever the fuck you want on this fuckloads of content <laughs> like absolutely fuckloads of All content right. and you know and it's, that's kind of interesting from the sample perspective but um anyway with lander they have an ai mastering vertical which a lot of people know they have a distribution vertical and they have a sound what I would loosely describe is sounds vertical or creator mm -hmm. vertical. And the idea is if you really get your creator vertical right, then, you know, you know, and this is kind of the same philosophy for companies like Native Instruments or Output with mm -hmm. Arcade, you know, like this will make it easier for people to create music. And if you happen to have a distribution vertical, you're going to populate it. I You lost me slightly there when you say if you happen to have a distribution yeah. vertical. Vertical. So... So when you have, okay, so let's take some, what I would call creator platforms. Okay. Um, 
Now, Splice is an obvious creator platform. Uh -huh. Okay, but let's think about BandLab for a second. You can distribute your music through BandLab. Okay. You can distribute your music through Lander. And, you know, you're going to see more and more companies have distribution verticals, distribution arms, so that when people finish their tunes, they can... And is that because within the software itself, they can know where those samples and tunes came from so when it, they push it to the distributor it's registered correctly good question you do need to come correct with your sounds in that world right, okay. you should you can't always control what additional stuff the user brings into it i see right okay okay you see what i mean yeah, but if yeah, yeah. you get the user so essentially it's called like um i think it's it's just this morning i was in brighton for a couple of days and so my head is foggy but it's it's it, right top, i do that too yeah exactly <laughs> top of the funnel content a uh, creator content strategy okay so basically if you catch the creator at the top of the funnel which is the point where they're making music then you on your platform can get them to engage with other parts of your platform right okay i uh, understand now. like yeah, they'll yeah. use your distribution right i'm not advocating this mm -hmm. i'm just saying it's a thing mm. um so with with lander uh we Pascal is the CEO, is a lovely man and a friend. I mean, he had also talked to me about the distribution vertical, and I was like, I don't know if that's my jam right now. Let's just stay in sound content. So we did that and um, worked with a lot of really interesting artists to create um, sounds for a product, not only for the sample site, but their um, an instrument they created called chromatic which was like a competitor to arcade by output like kind of very simple workflow mm -hmm. you can create music and we work with some great musicians like adam marshall is billy eilish is a drummer a lot of drummers for some reason joe clegg who's worked with mm -hmm. Katy perry um fernell newton who's like stevie wonders trumpeter nice yeah and also me coming from the electronic music world this was exciting because yeah. i get to deal with these guys and girls you know it's 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 it was mixed we also really tried to balance who we were working with in terms of vocalists and instrumentalists but that so i kind of met as you'd say in tech all my deliverables i'd finished it for them and then what i noticed during the workflow was that there was a shitload of content and to get to the point of why i kind of went deeper into ai is that i was talking with the product team and the product team were like for some of the third-party content that we have, the samples that are coming in, remember, lots of samples, more than an album, the metadata is not correct. And it's like, dudes, this has always been a problem. And by, because I can tell you why it's a problem from an artist's perspective, yeah, right? Go because we are not the most organized people. <laughs> and if you're listening um, and you haven't come across metadata before, this is essentially the digital tags that we attribute to files. So if I record my voice now and I might want to upload it, that metadata, if I'm going to release it out, might have a recording code, right? It could have the key that is sung. It could exactly. have lots and lots of data that helps people understand what that file's about. So you're getting all of these music files and samples, yeah. but you can't, you don't have this data. So you, you can't know where it's coming from, what it is, what, what tempo it might be. All key, yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff, right. and and also, you know, metadata is kind of like your parents. It taught, you know, it's something that is sort of telling you to do something you don't want to do. Yeah. Metadata is horrible. I hate it. As a creative, I hate it too. Yeah. But we have to do it. We really do. Otherwise, we're not going to get paid. And but that's another conversation. But in terms of metadata for samples, you need this sort of 
okay, for top of the funnel creator strategies where you're trying to inspire people to make music, you also need to enable them to make music without musical semantics that we'd be familiar with per se. Uh, they maybe don't understand A minor or they don't understand what Mixolydian is or they don't know why these two keys clash. But what they do understand is natural language, moods, yada, yada, yada. So the fact was is to tag all these sounds, it would be a really great idea to have something that could identify these moods in this way and there are you know companies who do ai analysis where it just takes the sound it listens to it and it tags it and that is largely used by the music industry like sync agents i'm starting to get with you now okay yeah you yeah, get yeah, it yeah so i could for example write in i want like a slow romantic acoustic ballad for my movie scene that's like 45 seconds long exactly and then your systems could then go through and it's it's listened and it's tagged all this stuff and then it can bring options to me is that is that sort of right exactly yeah, okay. so so all this started out in a way that you know we have like what do you call lexicons or taxonomies which are basic um genres keys mm -hmm. beats per minute and then there starts coming like certain moods and and as these taxonomies expand and also as genres expand um you know i saw one the other day it was like afghan trap I mean, that's a thing, but <laughs> my God, do you want to have that on your site? Like as amongst the millions of other Austin Indy, Afghan trap, yeah. like what Greenland drill, <laughs> you know? And so it's, so it, it starts kind of pointing. So in a way it starts pointing towards natural language. And so first of all, we definitely need, like, I remember like my kind of, oh my God moment came or aha moment was where, we had samples, lots of them, and uh, the head of product said, hey, can you time out how long it's going to take your ingestion team? These are the people who suck all this stuff up, get it in the system, correct the metadata to, um, you know, to just make sure all these sound, uh, the metadata is tight. The keys are there, everything. Mm -hmm. Timed it out three and a half years. Wow. Three and, and a half. So the, the, and that's the process of, of having people go through, listen to the stuff, check the key. It's like when you say it like this, it seems like such a no-brainer, doesn't it? Now exactly. to, to to just make that and and it, and it is an AI process instead of just a like what makes it what makes it kind of AI as opposed to just right. So so there's different ways of doing it. Like you know, there's this whole like you know, AI is the evil empire. AI is the you know, there's kind of an othering of the process. But AI exists in our production world by use of isotope, you know, mm. mastering stuff. I mean, it's there. And for an ingestion team, you know, some people are like, great, AI analysis will just automatically tag music. And yet it's pretty good. But the company I'm working for, Cyanite, the idea was to empower the, you know, the curators. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of, because there's a sea of content now. I mean, we're talking about distribution verticals. For I mean, it's just basically saying to the world, come on, make your music. Yeah. Which means like. Well, I mean, so so th that's that's interesting to me. So I, under I yeah. understand now how you've, how you've got into this. Like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me like your goal here really is to make sure that all the creatives around the world that are, that are creating this music are actually getting remunerated fairly for what they're doing and making sure these tags are correct and the rights are in place and that the, the, everything's organized and correct in a way. Exactly, but also the, 
you know, that's kind of a thing, like just to go back for a second, electronic music, like a few years ago, the thing was, okay, I want to get featured on Beatport in multiple charts. So what you would do is you would, you know, you would just scam it with your metadata. You would put any genre that you were hoping to get. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Okay. And so yeah. what happens, there's this whole legacy of content too that is misgenred, which now like... And it's, it's misgenred because some robot somewhere would pick it up in the metadata as being you know afghan drill trap even though it wasn't yeah. no and it, was doing mis- that as a- it was misgenred because you know a bunch of wonderful creatives had this moment where they thought let's just put afghan drill trap down there and hopes we get featured that chart right and then what happens is is that back in the day maybe you could kind of scam it a bit but now you can't because the algorithms will pick up that it's incorrect i understand so if you're putting your music out there in the world tag it correctly right and here comes the moment as a musician I can't even tag my own stuff correctly sometimes. I mean, it's like I kind of, I have my aspirational idea of what I was trying to create musically. Mm. And maybe I share it out to my friends and say like, what, okay, what's this genre? And then, you know, so it's really kind of a useful tool in a way if you run your music through an AI, like a Sinai, you know, as an artist, you can you can register for a free account and I think throw five tracks in there and and check it out and see Mm -hmm. how it tags you it gives you your moods it gives you your energy levels it gives you you know and that's kind of an interesting thing to have available to you because then when you create your spotify for artist pitch or you put your music out there in the world Mm. you're you're coming a little bit more correct and the cool thing about ai too is that it's ai 90 percent correct is pretty good in ai yeah so you should think for yourself and i I imagine that that some some of the systems in a in a platform like spotify are also going to be they're going to be more likely to be collaborative data sets in a way so you can join a dot better as opposed to something that i might have just tapped out on a spreadsheet exactly and also like you know no one knows what the secret sauce is behind the spotify algorithms Mm -hmm. but one thing is for sure and that is you know there has been preferences in these algorithms and that ultimately um, that also has to be addressed because we've got this downward spiral of people sort of participating in a genre just so they can game it to get up yes you know and that's that's just going to end in tears really it just well that all right so that the way that you say that ends in tears that's that's interesting to me and i want to unpack that a little bit because because i'm now with you in the journey on how you got into this so you're now kind of operating within this ai world you're using it to do a really good thing of tagging these audio files correctly for and, the purposes of organizing them tracking them and and make- com- companies use the circuit search algorithms particularly publishers um i can syncate. imagine sync yeah, yeah 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 because they always have this top layer of stuff it's like oh we've got a movie coming up what are our sync tracks and everybody like knows them by heart yes but the fact is there's tons a thousand of- others exactly well the, the first place my mind goes and I, and I can speak from my personal experience with this and i and i know that there's going to be people listening who might be artists who know this feeling it's like for people listening who might not necessarily know how people get paid when music's being used it's like you and please jump in and correct me if i'm wrong here because i know that you're the expert in this field but there's there's two forms in a way of of copyright there's there's the the master which is the actual audio recording like we we think of it like when you actually record that audio file that file that thing that goes out on spotify that's the master um and and that is one form of copyright that that we get paid for and then the other is the publishing element which is mm-hmm. the intellectual property it's the idea of the song so you know if i 
you know, covering Ed Sheeran's song, I go play it live or something. Uh, I, 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 you know, I can do that, but obviously it's his intellectual property. So the fact that I perform that song at my local pub or whatever, yeah. there's a collection society, the pub has to pay the, the license for the music and that money goes to Ed Sheeran because it's his intellectual property that, 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 that exactly. I'm using. Right? But if you pressed up a couple of cassettes of your pub gig with his tune on it, exactly. depending on what countries, you've got the mechanical on that so yes. you can you can so there's kind of three in a way right well this... the copyright and the master amazing so so one of the things as as an artist and in, in my years doing this that i find weird is the pub down the road did did they pay their license is there anyone recording the music it's like the off, off what's arts. being used yeah and and the reason why i use that example is whether you're talking about the pub down the road or like the o2 arena with in front of twenty thousand people there's all of these rules and there's all of these laws in place in all these different countries and the whole idea is to collect money from places that perform music whether that's mm. broadcast or you know a bowling alley or whether it's you know music in a lift in a hotel Every every business has to pay these little license fees and the license fees are different and the collection bodies in every country are different. Mm. And the only way that this massive myriad of people, systems and companies can pay artists correctly is really by things like metadata. Is the ISRC code correct, exactly. which is the International Standard Recording Code? Sounds about right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, so th- this story is is starts to get fascinating for me because, as you, as you know, I work with some some other artists, big and small, and and from the from the whole spectrum, there seems to be so much money that's just lost out there. Oh, yeah, you know, do, do I has my song been played on a commercial in South Korea, that, and there's ten thousand dollars waiting in some collection pot that's never going to find its way to me because I don't know. I haven't registered my thing correctly. Yeah. And it's just lost there. So, is what you're saying that that the that there's there's a Superman coming here in the form of AI that's going to fix all of this for well, us? There there are um, some advances in that. So, like the piece that I'm sort of in right now, where I frolic is the moods, emotions, energy levels, like the descriptive search algorithms to find the music, and that can be leveraged by different companies. Also, there's a thing called similarity search, which is an audio clip to locate other... Original source. Or a a certainly good sound alike, um, which is great for production music companies, or sync agents that you know couldn't get the rights for one track but found a suitable replacement however what you're talking about right now is the next step is that you know it is funny because kind of coming from so i'm in germany our collection size society is gamma and uh there's kind of a love hate which is kind of like prs Mm -hmm. here and i'm with you yeah and there's kind of a love hate in electronic music with gamma because just the pub down the road thing where, you know, the Ed Sheeran song was played, it's kind of similar, like Berghain in Berlin, the big techno club. I mean, they report to Gamma what's played, but that is a cutting edge music policy. Like, where does that money go? Mm. So there's a lot of movement in that area to try to... So what I'm kind of... My sort of personal takeaway and something to the artists that I would say is register your shit. Mm. It's not perfect right now, but register it. Just get it done. Mm. And and don't be like, you know, I was for years like super punk rock about it. Like, yeah, yeah societies, yeah. I'm not going to get paid anyway. And it's just like, because there's new, there's emerging technologies happening. Yeah. And and that's going to, and is the more things move forward, 
in terms of things. Also, there's this kind of thing within the music industry of traditionalism. And, you know, and, and also those things like the ISRCs or what is it, IPI numbers, the artists. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the UK, because, you know, it, those become like kind of building blocks where you can put all this other stuff on top of when those... Uh, you know, also like although it might not be perfect when you register just get some stuff down because you, you might be able to draw a line between what was missing from all that time ago in a way it, well yeah, or also what what was monetizations that'll happen as things go forward and in other words if you and it sounds so horrible to say but if if the data is not there you don't exist mm. so get the data in somewhere and look to a reasonable organization mm. Also, if you're a musician that is working with a creator platform, and the creator platform's like, you know, hey, just put your stuff out, sign your copy right away, or something like that. Don't do that. Just yeah. don't. Yeah. Sure, we don't know right now, but it's it's coming. Um, and God, there was another thought that you had me on, which was just the, yeah, the way that's all progressing is, you know, kind of interesting, and uh, it will come it also gets changed by how we use music and that's another thing like you know there's this there's within like this thing called the internet you know this idea came that music is free and it just got written into the culture and that was kind of helpful for a lot of platforms who were using music at first and you know they they got called out and then codes of conduct and you know ethics came in and then they had to start paying independent artists and majors and things like that but you know there's all sorts of new shit being built all the time to engage people to work with music and it's going to be a mix of their own or a mark kovich track that they're going to remix or something like that mm -hmm. and although there's kind of a certain like hmm how are we going to collect on that that's that's been figured out yeah it, it's that that stuff's all coming and micropayments and you know and in bremen we talked a little bit about blockchain being useful for sort of those micropayments but as music usages happen and, and that's really the thing it's like people idea of creative con or what they're creating musically sometimes they don't understand like what rights are or anything so they just kind of mash it all up so that's my track mm. and and the, the way is is that we can't stop that so we got to get people paid. And also, as people are making more and more music, we got to be able to find it. And then in my case, with the analytical AI and Cyanite, it's this thing called user-generated content, i.e. everything that everybody's making in, let's say, in the music world, like that's being uploaded to TuneCore or whatever. Mm. You know, how is there a way to fairly analyze that without being you know, and I say this playfully, a cultural fascist. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, open that one up. What, yeah. What, like in, the se in the sense of... Yeah, it's like, who who am I? I mean, I've done curation and A&R and all that kind of nonsense for years, but who am I to say, really? If somebody comes in and I've got a Berlin techno team and I think it's pretty good, okay, I could weigh in on that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but if somebody comes to me and says like, you know, I'm, you know, Estonian folk artist and I'm reaching into the roots of my ide national identity to create pop music mm -hmm. it might you know i'd hope i'd get that one but i might not get it yeah yeah but like who are you to be the judge and arbitrator of that i, I know what you mean yeah yeah okay it's, so analytical yeah. ai you know in terms of music analysis is a really helpful tool for mm. 
all this content that's coming on board, ingestion teams, and just sort of taking a look at it and saying, okay, what's the value of this? Oh, and hey, presto, this random tune that just came in from, you know, South Africa actually has the kind of same, you know, music kind of music match analysis DNA or whatever you want to call it as, you know, this Afrobeats track, which is just really happening right now. So it really can help you with a lot of things. So that's that's kind of also a way to not mitigate, but deal with the sea of content. I have a load of questions yeah. and and I feel like we, we're getting up to that point now where where I wanted to start throwing in the questions to you yeah, yeah. that I asked my community okay. to, to, to formulate because there was one thing that you were you were talking about about all of these people creating music and, and especially when we talk about like the rights of things and, and, and how that changes in the future, where that goes. And th those two points, I think both get a little bit tricky yeah. when we start to see the news breaking of like this, you know, like this AI thing, whether it's going to be a fad or, or whatever, but yeah. you know, you see artists now where, you know, you take a Harry Styles track, you know, the AI learns what his voice sounds like yeah. and then he goes off and like covers Letter B by the Beatles or something, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And, and the, the, this is something that has really captivated some people's kind of mindsets and one of the first questions I want to pose to you is actually from a guy called Emmett in, in the United States. And he says, he, he's basically saying like, what do you think of a music and technological singularity? But I'll, I'll unpack what he means really, mm. because this also, um, there's also Tracy and Sarah who, who sort of add to this. It's like, if what you're saying is the case and AI can map and tag all of these different audio files and AI is really good at doing it. And then you add to the fact that AI can then learn from each one of those drum stems, vocal stems, whatever, and then create stuff that sounds the same. And that's moving into the generative piece. So analytical AI is narrow AI. Yes, okay. A a a AI that does a, a thing or a uh -huh. couple of things. And now we're, now we're bleeding into the creation of new things. Which is a great thing to talk about. What, what these guys are asking really is, are we going to get to a point where AI can learn every stem in every song, every artist, and learn every human behavioral trend across the whole internet and Spotify, and then generate stuff that is predictably going to be enjoyed by humans better than the music that humans create, can create. Do, do we have a music singularity on our hands in five years where, all, where, where streaming is dominated by AI-generated music? I mean, if you're listening to mood-based uh, Spotify playlist. There's already AI generated music there. Shit, I do all the time. Yeah, when I'm working, there. I love like the jazz lo-fi beats thing going on. Just... The, the distributors who populate that, who send that stuff to Spotify, really don't often know that it's AI generated. I mean, when I was at Brighton Music Week, I said, "How many distributors are have these really prolific labels that are that are doing like 50 albums a week, and it's ambient?" And I saw one raise their hand. It's like they're generative. There's no fucking way that oh, they're just cranking it they out. They are just cranking it out. So yeah. they're so they're putting in some some lo-fi jazz beats into a computer, and they're going learn all this stuff, regurgitate me new tracks every day, and then they go and upload those to Spotify, and then Spotify streams them because they sound just like the genre they're interested it, it, in. It, there's kind of a different there's different workflows with generative, and and my kind of takeaway from it is that if you are if it, you know if a human's involved, that's the legal precedent to where it can be a creative work, and it's like to get super nerdy it's like people who work with like your modular synthesizers you know they're sort of plugging bits and together and then they're creating these 
great loops of sounds. Mm. That's freaking generative. Mm. And it's, it's not gen- area, it? it's totally gray area. But the fact is, is that the human says, whoa, that's interesting. I'm going to make my next banging techno track with that. But is it also that's is it as simple as I think it is? Is it the case of uploading some music to a, to a bit of software, clicking a button and then it just goes? Boop. I think that would be the ultimate UX. But no, in terms of the way I've seen generative teams do it, there is kind of an elegance to it. There's a decision making in terms of like what they're you know what they're using in their automatic eqs mixed down mm-hmm. how that's a mastering chain so there's human intervention with it but it's 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 just quickening the pace as it were um but that is getting more and more profound to where it will be button click so you said like your first reaction there was if it is ambient then yes it's generative very easily but what about when we're sitting there listening to like the next 1975 song that isn't the 1975 or the next yeah. Rolling Stones song or the next Justin Bieber track that isn't Justin Bieber. It's just an AI gener- generation of, of, his, of his. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. And it's, it's I, I, you know, electronic music is easier in some ways. It's kind of low hanging fruit mm. with generative AI. Because the, the human emotional element synthetic uh, textures in terms of a voice it was a unique person's voice exactly and also well it's more that if i'm talking largely instrumental music it's it's Mm. quite kind of simpler to do um you know you're talking about largely synthetic instruments and also i guess to like you know when you're talking about companies like native instruments or whatever there are you know who are creating production tools there are people who work there who have golden ears they can hear Mm. Stuff and sort of having proximity to them. When I hear certain AI-generated acoustic instruments, I can kind of hear it. I can hear artifacts. I mean, if you played around with Google LM, I, I haven't yet, but you should yeah. uh, because you can hear the artifacts. But do you, do you do you think that that is a temporary thing? Yeah, I like, do. And, I, and I'll tell you why I'm worried. And th- this sort of like brings on. There's there's a couple of couple of people. Like, I want to sort of shout out Yannicka here and also Sammy Verity in, in a way on this question because one of the one of the thoughts for people watching this ai thing play mm. out it's like if i take dolly parton's voice there you have and it. i put and i put every one of dolly parton's voice into an ai generative thing and i start you know creating new songs and new creations i think there's this really strange question and, and i feel like you're one of the few people that's kind of well positioned to answer this it's like who owns the the rights like how does that work it's like is it the fact well it's my master because i've created it with my input through my software but i've i've trained it from her voice so is it is it her ip it's a brand new creation she didn't write the song yeah like, but my, my i mean for me i would fall firmly on the side of dolly at that point me too but yeah totally i feel you but the you know it, it's also like you've got a combination of a couple things you know you've got a culture that kind of came up with the internet which is this kind of loosey-goosey idea of what intellectual property is which has been handy for Mm. some platforms you know sort of you know get people creating or get them whatever but it's so but at the same time too you know dolly like you know holly herndon uh, uh or grimes or hopefully dolly they could you know, Holly and Grimes created a, um, you know, they, they've done their own AI for their voice. And basically, they have claimed a copyright in it. So, you know, you could do 
and I actually believe in a weird way that's kind of this that's kind of a way forward for session musicians who are creating samples I have this so, so sorry just so I understand that do you mean that you right now I could create a song using Grimes's voice yeah it's there it's there it's there to use it and you then and then she just gets a cut royalty every time that that happens yeah it's out there or or Holly Herndon it's, it's you can do it but also they're kind of yeah but what if I what if I make a song that's like completely against her principles if I do she caught that too because when she first launched it right um I was on a panel with her manager Dauda and I think if he's listening I hope I'm pronouncing your beautiful name correctly but he you know was talking about the launch of it and they messaged it and then I said what about her moral rights yeah and he was like no you were on that because then essentially too you know that's like what if somebody you know created a song you know like <laughs> that would deeply offend her so yeah or for example like if I was like um if I was like a very passionate vegan and then I did this and then someone took my song and um, did this amazing, you know, pro slaughterhouse. Meat is awesome. <laughs> meat, exactly. <laughs> meat is awesome. It's like, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. It's like, I, I, the first instinct I had was what a great move, you know, like monetize your AI voice to be used for other things. But then can of worms, Pandora's box in terms of. And this is why the old models are suddenly handy. Because moral rights is something that, it, I mean, I learned can, that. Can, yeah, I was going to say, could you? Moral rights is something, I mean, it, it, so my sort of education is, is, is UK, despite my dodgy accent, but I, I, <laughs> I basically came up through the UK. And moral rights is something that, you know, an artist, exactly that, their music cannot be used for something that would offend their They have moral rights on it. It cannot be used for, it's different in different countries. In terms of a little bit, you know, that exists, that concept, but it's an old concept. Now, sometimes these comp concepts of copyright, moral rights, et cetera, et cetera, are not handy for certain tech companies doing innovation. I'm not saying tech is bad. Mm. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes these are a little bit blockers in terms of what we could do. Hey, people need to be able to freely create and express themselves. But at the same time, there's ownership. Well, it does sound quite arbitrary, doesn't it? Because it, you got moral rights according to who, like, are you going to call up Grimes and let her decide every time whether that... Like, they're going to have to work that out in terms yeah, of they're yeah, yeah. going to have to. And then, and then it's like, if the moral rights are different by different countries, does that mean you can distribute the music in some countries but not in others? That's not going to work because it's because of the internet. It seems to me to be a very messy future it, we've got it, ahead of us. And, and, it's, and you've basically got a music industry that is, you know, sort of fighting for its own relevance in a way, but also kind of has these, this legal framework that um, has set certain precedents around certain things that become building blocks for codes of conduct and ethical decisions mm -hmm. within a digital wild west. So right now what's going on in that space, AIs, you know, musicians training AIs, what have you, it's, it's wild west. And what was that that weekend and Drake track? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, Universal came down super heavy, and a friend of mine was like, "Oh well, Universal sucks." And I'm like, "No, I don't necessarily think they suck. I think they're coming down hard because mm. there's not a lot of legislation around just right now. And sometimes you, you squeaky wheel gets the grease. And if you start, you know, and, and ultimately what you're doing is you're building precedence because that's how law works. You know, once you have one building plot, then you can start. So you can define things amongst insanity the when you talk about defining things amongst insanity 
that sentence takes me back to when we were when we finished the panel in Bremen yeah. and we were having that conversation. I can't remember who started it, whether it was me or you, but it went along the lines of saying, like, are we soon going to be in a place where artists, even long after they're gone, are creating still new copyrights based on their intellectual property, like Grimes would be right now if I just put a voice on the track. And then what happens when the tech gets, you know, we're five years down the line and whether it's a, an Ed Sheeran or a, or a Justin Bieber or a Taylor Swift or whoever, like when, when the voice synthetics catch up and get good enough that really even someone with trained yeah. ears is starting to not be able to tell, it's like we're then going to have this kind of VR world with the goggles on and you're going to be in, you're going to be in Swifty's studio watching her create new music forever. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is a conversation that I was having on Discord with, with, with my crew and, I think everyone just feels naturally excited, but really freaked out by, yeah, that, by that idea. And and for you, how realistic do you think that that is? Okay, so um, first of all, there's a couple of things that come to mind, and I'll try to go through them quickly. Okay, first of all, Ed Sheeran's recent legal case that he won, uh, you know, that was interesting because, you know, the fact is, is that in music, it's a certain amount of chords, it's a certain amount of combinations. Mm. And, you know, you have artists who were wonderful moments in time and created these fantastic legacy outputs that their estates are now managing. And they also captured the best of copyright, the best of the industry at that point. And now they're arguing with new artists about, hey, you can't use that because that sounds a bit like, you know, my uncle's shit. And, you know, I kind of like, hmm, okay, that's a little bit dodgy because, you know, music is also kind of passed down as a, you know, as a tradition aspect, but I do believe in copyright. So, you know, but could an estate make a Mick Jagger AI and that perform throughout eternity? I'm sure, they're already training it. I mean, come on, really? You'd be mad. How, on a, on a percentage scale, zero to 100, when, when you say that, it feels like you feel that they're already doing it. They're mad if they're not. But because from a purely financial view, I mean, unless his decision is no, yeah. I don't want to do that, which is awesome as well. Yeah. You, you make your choice. Um, but th the fact is, is that this kind of, there is kind of a world where this has existed before the Japanese sort of virtual artist Hatsune Miku, who's, you know, number one, you know, pop artist in Asia or J Japan specifically, for a number of years and this was like maybe 10 years ago she was at her peak or whatever which was built off the Yamaha's Vocaloid software which imitated human voice and basically uh, um, a team in Sapporo came along and said to Yamaha can we use this to create a pop star right and they did and you know and it's a total success like in, in you know she performs as a hologram and has also been on like I don't she was on like American television it doesn't quite connect and sort of right. our, but it's, it's a massive thing but what's happening was is that company Krypton who created Hatsune Miku also had the ideas like let's let the fans also use the software so they could make their own Hatsune Miku tunes and that was a fan engagement ploy right now I don't know quite where it went politically in terms of some of those songs yeah, 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 there might have been yeah, yeah. some odd things i i should dig into how they if they mitigated that or whatever but you know the fact is is that that's also kind of a precedent in our world where certain vocalists like grimes mm. or they're you know she's aware of hatsune miku mm. i mean and and also hatsune miku's voice has been used in sort of 
Laura Halo, electronic artist from Detroit, has used Hatsune Miku, vo uh, you know, for voices mm -hmm. in her tunes. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of, this thing's been bubbling along. Mm. So when an AI comes around and it's like, hey, I could use Holly Herndon's voice, who's a really interesting artist, that to me I find compelling. You know, it's like, okay, and she's, but the thing is, is that you, you write the moment. We're writing the moment now. And, you know, you have rights. You can define them. If you create a website, if you did create your own A&I, you can create these things for your website called terms and conditions. What's the terms and conditions of usage? Don't make a Nazi anthem. Don't do it. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's... Kanye might have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, fuck Kanye. <laughs> Just like, but, you know, yeah. for real. Uh, okay, so... One question uh, for, from Sapphire, which the question is, can we kill it with water if it gets out of control? But but what I think the, 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 the way to rephrase that slightly is if we, if we touch on the idea that maybe AI could almost create like the perfect pop star and the perfect music and whether it's in multiple genres or whether it just figures out the perfect song every time because it's got whatever, billions of streams every day to understand humans and learn and, and figure out what, what they want to do. It's like, I'm assuming this is out of the bag now. We're not scaling this back. Like this, this no, no one, do you feel that any industry or any body could come in and say, look, let's stop this, no more AI? Or, or are we, well, we're... Well, I think that there's a couple of movements like like Cyanide, the company I'm working for with the tagging. We also do search algorithms. Uh, you know, one of the search algorithms is a free texting. It's natural language. Like it, it beats a sunset a lot to find a tune like that and mm -hmm. you know so it's used by singing but one of the things that's quite compelling is can you find an you know if you can understand all this emotional data of a song and map this stuff can you find an analysis engine or a search algorithm that could find ai generated music that, that connects emotionally with people uh, well, well, yeah or or could get it out right. of the supply chain because there's some distributors who are coming out now say we will not accept ai generated music um you know and so but do you not feel that they will be out competed by those who who do take ai generated music i i in a free market I, yeah i don't know i mean it's like you know when i was doing content for lander i worked with a team who you know you know they couldn't supply splice the platform mm -hmm. the samples platform because splice had a no generative right, ai okay. thing yep. i didn't have a problem with it because the content was great uh -huh. and also humans were using it to create exactly stuff. yeah mm. so i thought okay this works mm. Um, but I think you're going to see algorithms. I mean, they're already in development where you can, you can detect certain things that would point out like, okay, that's AI generated. So let's, but AI music's going to get better and better. And also, I guess at the end of the day, if you can, if you can detect what's AI and what's not AI, that's one part of the problem because the, the market will dictate the value. And if people don't care, they're going to use it. And then the ones who incorporate AI are going to win in the free market and it's how you wrap it i mean yeah. if you if you do a hatsune miku that's a genius yeah you know my hologram generate and then it totally fits in culturally yeah, with, yeah. like you know it, it, it's it's fantastic but the the fact of the matter is is that we're also humans we're awkward buggers mm. and i often think somebody asked me that too like what you know how do you think much like a question like in brighton like you just asked me there which way do you think it's going to go and i said, cultural revolution 
I mean, mm. in a way, it's yeah, the most yeah, radical yeah. thing you can do is pick up a guitar, an instrument that you can play or something. And you're also seeing that in music now. Well, it's almost like why, why vinyl was having this big resurgence as well. You know what I mean? It's like, they're, they're, I think I know what you mean by that. All of a sudden, when no one can play instruments, it's going to become even more special. And then rev- it's, you're going to have a revolution culturally where people have more value to the human created exactly and it's also like I, I lived in ireland for years and you look at like the cutting edge of irish music as it were i mean you know there's like bands like lancome or whatever they're taking that sort of traditional thing mm. and then you know it's it's um you know it's kind of fascinating and also i'm i kind of even though i'm in electronic music i keep my eye on what's going on in in other genres and i can kind of see like through the rough trade shops here in england you know this there's definitely sort of independent Mm. It, music is coming back in guitars yeah, yeah, etc yeah, yeah. and that excites me yeah. i mean yes there's going to come a time when that can be also really well done by ai yeah. but the fact of the matter is is that man that's a moment and i think actually that we're going to see an impact in terms of it's going to have an artistic reaction but now whether that's financially healthy for the artists making it i mm. don't know also, there might even be like a joining of it, and and I I look at. Have you seen the ABBA show? Yeah, 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 yeah. That isn't that weird because it's almost like you've got the live element, you've got session musicians, they're there, they're actually playing, but yeah. then you've got this like digital avatar creation, and there's there's no reason why from from what we've spoken about today, mm. it's not that far fetched to imagine ABBA at the end of the set being like, and here's a brand new song that is with generating tonight which is special just for you and, which is done through and because know. it's abba and because they came up at a time when rights and all that stuff was pretty well defined it yeah. wasn't being disrupted yeah. like it is now they've got their shit together yeah so they've got you know we'll probably have a thousand years of abba yeah for better or yeah, for but worse then, but then it's like, I, 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 you know i was i was with the um with the guy uh, stewfish the company and we, i was we, i was with them when i went to go and see abba and they've shown it and they're really really smart people yeah. and, I, and i and i'm sure that everything must be way behind like locked doors but i can only imagine the people that that are getting ready for those stage shows you can imagine michael jackson going up there you know you can imagine you know elvis you know, you can imagine all of these, you know, Freddie Mercury, you can imagine all of them having their own AI generative, you know, stage shows where Freddie Mercury comes back and writes new songs. I don't know. Like, no, the whole thing blows my mind. The training, is, you know, the, the body of work is there for training. If mm. it's a lesser body of work, it, would be harder, harder, guess, it yeah. might be harder to create a Nick Drake uh-huh. AI. Mm. But, it, it, but certainly, like, you know, how many you know there's just a massive body of work with ABBA there's a massive body of work with so that's kind of the other thing but also you know it's just one of these things like the first time I heard all of you know sort of AI came into my life a few years ago sort of you know sort of with the musical instrument software instruments building thing just a friend of mine who'd studied in Vienna had just come back and was telling me about sort of generative things and I was sickened I was horrified mm, I I was like Jesus Christ just shoot me now <laughs> <laughs> and and then I just thought, you know, but at the same time, like I'm off to a flame. Yeah. So it's an inevitable. It, it's got that feeling, isn't it? And I think that's that's the sentiment of everyone online. There's this feeling of of fear mixed with excitement. It's 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 like, and maybe people who are outside of music, it's more excitement than fear. 
Well, and also the fact is... Because is that, it's not job-threatening in a way. Yeah, and I mean, it's, oh God, I, it, it's just something we're going to have to deal with. But right now, there's going to be a lot of cheeky stuff that goes on mm. because the rights aren't quite defined. and Probably um, a lot of cheeky lawsuits as well. In a lot of che- and those cheeky lawsuits, well, some will have value, some will just be litigious nonsense. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, is as this gets defined, and what I hope it falls back down to is that there's there's rights we can define our rights as creatives we you know we're understanding more about training and also as you know the sort of search and find aspects of ai gets better that you know you'll be able to identify micro usages of music Mm. and hopefully there'll be some sort of you know compensation Mechanism, yeah. mechanism, that sort of, but um, you know that's it, it cobbled together through ancient rights organizations yeah. and modern tech and 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 what have you. But you know, I my feeling is is that because I'm old enough to remember it, um, like d- downloads when downloads were coming. I mean, it was head in the sand time. I mean, I was young then when I saw it, but I was like, oh my god, the industry, no, it's never going to happen. But now I'm seeing the industry like going, okay, they're ready. They're horrified, but they're ready. <laughs> well, you know, you know what, Jay? Like, what, I think I, I speak for for anyone listening, whether it's in in music or otherwise. It's like my my hope is that there's as many people like you in that field trying oh, their best to create systems for the betterment of of artists and and creators, and and that that's my hope. And I and I think Thank that you. everything that you're that you're doing so far, I find fascinating. I'm going to be watching every step, and and I'd love to know a little bit about where people can find you, follow you, the, the things you're involved with, because I'm sure, just like me, people are going to want to know what, where they can kind of get more info like on, on this stuff. Thanks very much. I'm uh, deliberately rubbish with social media, except I'm really good on LinkedIn. So Jay Ahern on LinkedIn, um, and that's kind of the best way to find me. I'm, and also, like, just on a personal note, like, electronic music sort of is kind of more my tribe in terms of and that you know sort of saying within that community it's like our community starts defining what the codes of conduct are going to be what the ethics are going to be and and i think that other musical communities sort of need to look at that too it's like what are what are going to be what what do we accept as a community where are the rules going to start and also if you deeply disagree with something don't fucking use it you know what I mean? Just don't use it. And, 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 and also, I hope there's a lot of great reactive art coming from this, too, because I love it when humans just get pissed off. <laughs> I love it. Well, listen, on that note, are you called to do this again in a couple of years once we figure all the shit out? Uh, yeah, hopefully. Jay, absolute legend. Pleasure to do this. Thank you yeah. for coming. I Thank really, you, really appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs>